We've been reading through Joshua. We've been given instructions on how to live, how to survive, how to love in ways that matter. But we've also been given instructions on how to battle. If you recall, we've been given life lessons in Joshua about be strong and courageous. The Lord promises to never leave you or forsake you. His promises are real. He is trustworthy because he is faithful. Week two in Rahab, we learn to believe by faith. No matter your past, it doesn't matter who you are, who you were. It's who you are in Christ. God writes your story and shows you your purpose. Week three, we were shown that we have to have a heart to follow. See where God is leading and go. Follow after him. When we follow God in his will, we will see great things, miraculous things. Week four, after the crossing, they were taken the 12 stones and built a memorial. We were given the lesson to always remember all that the Lord has done. Week five was summed up as saying, no pain, no gain. Remember that after the pain comes the healing, and after the healing comes a new encounter with God. Last week, week six, Kristen reminded us that we must follow instructions. Instructions have a purpose. This week, we're going to learn how to be strong in the Lord during our battles. Because, beloved, there will be battles. Have no doubt. If you are a follower of Christ, you're going to be in a battle at some point. So let's back up a second and remember Joshua's past a little bit before Moses died. He blessed Joshua as follows. Be strong, Moses told him in Deuteronomy 31, 23. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on an oath, and I myself will be with you. That's a blessing that is given to someone who is not strong. Do you have to walk up to somebody that's already strong and say, be strong? No, you say, stay strong. This Joshua was not strong. He was strong in the Lord, but he was not a strong person. Think about it. There's no need to bless somebody with strength if they're already strong. Joshua 1, 6, 9, 18, and several other places in Joshua, God told him, be strong. The Jewish people told him, be strong. That phrase is repeated time and time again in the book of Joshua. Be strong. Now remember, Joshua was the warrior who led the battle against Amalek in Exodus 17.9. He was the spy who went to the land of Israel, came back to give the correct report despite the other reports of impending doom. Joshua was the leader of the army who fought 31 kings of Canaan and defeated them all. God even stopped the sun for Joshua so he could complete the task. Yet everyone kept telling Joshua, be strong. He didn't sound like a weak man, but they reminded him, be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Beloved, it it is not by our wits. It is not our hearts. It is not our desires or even our physical strength that we can face the battles in our lives. It is through God 
He inhabits our lives. That gives us his spiritual strength. We cannot fight battles without the spiritual strength from God. Sometimes the lessons aren't what we think they should be. Sometimes the battles aren't what we think they should be. Sometimes the outcomes differ. I have this plan in my head. The battle is going to be this way. I'm going to handle it this way. And the outcome is going to be here. That's not what God plans. It's not how he pictured it. I pictured it my way. But God's plan is better. We must remain strong in God. As we follow Joshua and the armies of Israel, fighting for their God-given inheritance into Canaan, we see that God is with them. The five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, had all joined together and attacked Gibeon. So Joshua took his entire army to battle them all at one time. In Joshua 10.8, the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. None of them, none of them will be able to stand against you, withstand you. By following God's direction, Joshua was able to take the Israelites into Gibeon and defeat the five armies. Joshua and his army was able to defeat the entire region, just as God had directed, just as God had planned. God had given Joshua clear directions and clear instructions. Joshua followed them. But when, the battle, when God's plan was not followed, when Achan, as Kristen discussed last week, Achan didn't follow the plan. Achan was disobedient. Achan was in sin. He didn't follow God's plan. He had his own plan. I'm just going to bury some of that silver and gold here, and nobody's going to be the wiser. I'm going to come out ahead. The battle was lost. Achan confessed that he secretly had taken the silver and gold and buried it in the ground near his tent. After Achan was put to death, the Jewish army went on to capture the city of Ai because the plan was then followed again. So let's see what lessons we can learn from Joshua this week as he battles kings. First, what is a battle? Webster's Dictionary describes it as a hostile encounter between two countries or people, even animals, an extended conflict, struggle, controversy, such as a battle of wits a struggle to succeed or survive. So now that we know what a battle is, we need to arm ourselves for the fight of our lives. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Second Corinthians says, 10.4, says, The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Paul gives us very clear directions when we're facing a battle in our lives. He shows us the weapons we must use and the ally that we must have in every battle. Granted, most of our battles will not be physical ones. 
They may not even be with other people. But there will be battles. And those battles can and will destroy us if we are not spiritually prepared. We must be strong in the Lord. What's the first thing you want to do when you go into battle? Pray. Pray for God to order your steps and direct your path. We need to ask God to keep us grounded in him, not in the world. We also need to remember to keep guard over our words and actions so that we don't reflect the hatred and vile filth spewed by the world into our battles. That sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? Hatred and vile filth. But if you are on Facebook, you've seen some of it. The hatefulness, the nastiness. It's commonplace nowadays, people. It is acceptable in the world. We beat each other up. We tear each other down. And we're nasty. We're vile when we use those horrible words. We, as followers of Christ, must be different. We must remain loving. We must be spiritually connected to God, especially in our battles. Does that mean that we bow down and succumb to the world's point of view? No. Does it mean we roll over and not fight? No. It means we must pick and choose the battles to fight. And we must fight them with God at the helm. We must do it in God's way, not the world's way. We don't have to be hateful. We don't have to be vile, and we don't have to be vicious. We need to be loving and standing firm in him as we fight the battle. Battles are a daily reality in the life of a follower of Christ. Don't forget to see that our battles are spiritual in nature. We need to remember who is trying to stop our walk. Who is trying to trip us up? 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Notice how Peter alerts us to the fact that the battles against, are against all followers of Christ. Not just you, not just you, not just you, not just you. All of us. We have not been singled out. We are all under attack. But you notice in the verse there also, it said, stand firm. In other words, be strong in the Lord. Not every battle is worth fighting. But the battles we choose to engage in must be fought with God at the lead. I had a friend a while back. I'm going to call her Abby. She was my prayer partner. She was my accountability partner. She was a very dear friend. So I thought. Our families were close. We went places together. We went out to dinner together. We went and got coffee together. We shared our heartaches and our heartbreaks. Our family was connected for a long time through her parents. When her mom got sick and passed away, I was there. When her dad's health started failing, I again was honored to be there. 
When her father eventually passed, she started saying some horrible, horrible, untrue things about me. She trashed me on Facebook and in person to several of our mutual friends. She blasted me with lies and untruths. It would have been so easy to respond and engage in battle with her. But after pouring out my heart and my hurts with Kristen, I was able to stand firm in God. I knew that anyone that truly knew me knew I wasn't the person she claimed me to be. That battle belonged to God, not to me. I stood back. I refused to engage. Her behavior was less than godly, and I wasn't going to be a part of that. That's not who I wanted to reflect God as. It was her battle. My battle with Abby outwardly appeared to be a battle with another person. But I don't believe that it was. I believe it was her spiritual battle. It was hers to fight alone. I was not called to engage in it, so I didn't. I listened to the counsel of others. I stayed back, and I let it go. It was not mine to fight. I lost friends over it. But that's okay, because they probably weren't the friends I should have had anyway. They probably weren't the people I should associate with. God used her spiritual battle to strengthen me. He equipped me. He cleansed my walk. He helped encourage me through others. God used her spiritual battle to strengthen me because I stayed strong in the Lord, because I had other people that held me accountable, and kept my focus on Christ. In contrast, 13 years ago, doctors told me I'd be in a wheelchair in a hospital bed. I fight a daily battle with MS. Most days I must make a conscious effort to ask God to fight for me. Otherwise, I'd just stay in bed all day and accomplish nothing. I wouldn't be doing the kingdom's work. Yet, with God at my side, fighting the MS battle, I'm able to stand up or sit down and preach. I'm able to do that outreach that is so passionate for me. And I'm able to show love to a community of people that don't know that they're loved, that don't know that they have value. I can't do that without God. He's fighting my MS battle. I'm able to do so much with him, but I have to stay grounded in him. God carries me through it, and I know that he will. For the rest of my life, God has this. I'm not alone in my physical battle. God has never left my side. And if I'm being totally transparent... I will tell you, honestly, I see my MS as Tom's battle, not mine. We all know how men love to fix things. They have an urgency, a need, a drive to fix things, to make things right. Just this morning, my husband wanted to make things right for me because it's who he is. 
Tom is facing my MS battle from the outside. He can't fix it. He can't make it better. And he can't fight my battle. His is a battle of trusting that God has my interest, best interest at heart. God is walking with me. And God is walking with Tom. I watch the hurt in his eyes. When I fall, or I lean against the wall, because he can't make it better. It hurts him so much more than it hurts me. Does that mean my faith is stronger? No. No. We're just in a different battle. We have the same war. My MS. But it's a different way we handle it. For me, it's physical. For him, it's spiritual. Satan is attacking him left and right every time I trip, every time I fall, every time I can't get out of bed. Satan's using it to get to my husband. But he's standing strong in God. He stands firm knowing that God has our best interest at heart. His is a spiritual battle. Mine's physical. Same disease. Same illness. Different battles. We both know and trust completely in God. But they look different. Our battles are different. If you look all throughout the Bible, we can see how many leaders had engaged in battles. Not all battles are won, but all losses were needed. They were needed for spiritual healing and growth. In battles, there is pain. But on the other side of the pain, on the other side of the battle, comes healing and growth in Christ. But most of all, peace. We have peace in Christ if we stay strong in him. David fought many battles, both physically and spiritually. Did he win them all? No. He lost battles whenever he lost sight of God. Samson, he was a great warrior, strong, able to defend any physical battle. But when he lost sight of God, the spiritual battle was lost, and he was no longer the warrior that he had been. Excuse me. <clears throat> Until God granted him the strength back to win the battle. Judges 14.30, Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Think about it. Samson was a mighty warrior. Samson fell. Samson became a mighty warrior again because he, stayed, he got strong again in Christ. He had lost sight of him, but he came back. Jesus was our ultimate example in spiritual battles. He was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. Matthew 4, 1 and 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
devil. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus has given us clear instructions on how to survive and thrive in the battle. Not just survive, people. He has taught us how to thrive in the battle. Remember, battles cause pain, but pain allows for healing. You don't need healing if there's no pain. Beloved, we have our own battles, each one of us, to fight. We can either join forces and fight together, but sometimes we have to fight the battle alone. Just realize that we are never truly alone. We always have God at our side. God is with us whenever we enter the battle, if we invite him in, if we are following his will. God has given us clear, clear directions to face the struggles, the trials, the wars, the battles. Pick a word. They're all the same thing. There are battles in our lives, but God's given us directions. He's given us a way out. He hasn't thrown us to the wolves to fend for ourselves. No, God is faithful. He's dependable and unchangeable. We must always remember what God has done in the past, and he still does in our lives today. Does that mean there's no pain in the battle? No. No. I wish. It would be so much easier to fight a battle if there was no consequence, no pain, no ouch. What it means, though, is that God is there with you through the pain, and God will bring healing. You can't grow if there's no pain involved. You watch the baby as they grow. They start to cry. They can't get settled. They can't get comfortable. And we all say, oh, it's just growing pains. We have those same growing pains as adults. They're just different. Again, same circumstance, same outcome, but they're different. His word in Hebrews 13.8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. God has given us, through his word, prayer, counsel, godly relationships, and circumstances. Together, we are encouraged to stand strong in God. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Now, if there weren't going to be battles, if there weren't going to be troubles and struggles and trials, that wouldn't even need to be in there. He's letting us know, I know you're going to have struggles. I know you're going to have troubles. But... God is our refuge and strength. He is ever presence in our troubles. Remember, most of our troubles, most of our battles are not going to be physical in nature. Most of them are going to be spiritual. How can we fight spiritual battles if we are not armed with the word of God and the Holy Spirit? God's presence is crucial to any battle that you are fighting. We must act intentionally to ensure that we invite and invoke God's presence into our lives. 
If we do not invite him, he cannot come in. If we do not invoke him, he's not coming. We must ask him to equip us. And to do that, we have to be in his word. We have to be in his presence. Psalm 119, 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's powerful. If we are not in his word, if we are not in his face, constantly, we don't know his word. We can't arm ourselves. I don't want to get in a battle unarmed. We need to keep in mind we are not alone in our daily battles. And God is never silent in our struggles, even when there is pain. And beloved, there will be pain. There will be pain in the struggle, but through the pain, remember, there is healing. We have to get through the pain first. But God brings healing into our lives, and that healing brings about peace that it can only come from God. The rest of the world doesn't get it. But as followers of Christ, we get it. The peace comes from God. God has written our battle plan for us, but we don't know it if we're not studying his word. We can't see it if we're not in his word. We cannot ask for direction if we are not speaking to God. And we can't hear the direction if we're not listening. Because I can ask God all day long, hey, God, God, can you do this? Can you do this? But if I don't listen to his answer, my question didn't matter. I must be silent. I must be still and listen to his still, small voice. Our instructions are written out for us. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 11, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. You're going to see a picture up here in a minute, hopefully. I want to ask you to look at the picture. Who would you rather go into battle with? Maxine, she can be a little snarky. Minnie Mouse, who you all know I love and adore. <laughs> Wonder Woman, she's armed. She's got a sword, she's got a, a shield, she's got her, her lasso, she's got all her stuff. Or D. D is the Bible. It looks kind of old, weathered, worn. Think about it. Who do you want to go into battle with? As much as I love Maxine and Minnie, I don't want to go to battle with them. And as equipped as I think Wonder Woman is in the movie, I don't want to trust her either. I want to trust the word of God. I want to trust that in this book, right here, there are directions for me to fight the battle. There are directions for me to win the battle. 
and there are reminders that I am not alone in the battle. We are given very, very clear instructions how to fight the battles. We must, we must, we absolutely must be equipped properly. When we leave God out of the equation, we are doomed to fail. We cannot enter into the battle expecting to win if we're armed with Minnie Mouse or if we're armed with Maxine. We must be armed with the word of God. We must follow where God is leading. We can't run around in circles like the rest of the world, clueless. They just keep running and running. It's like a hamster on a cage, on a wheel. They just keep going, and they're going nowhere. Some are going there fast. Some are going there slow. I don't want to be the hamster on the wheel. So God has given us very clear direction. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you are able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You notice in Ephesians, it's not a suggestion that we might want to put on the armor. It is a very clear, definitive direction on how to be strong in the Lord. How to fight the battles we all face. Verse 10, we go back to Joshua's admonition. Be strong. Verse 11, guard against the devil's schemes. Again, not all battles are people. We're fighting principalities. We're fighting spiritual battles. Verse 13 through 17 tells us exactly what pieces of armor we need. There is such a clear definition of how to fight a battle. And we often choose to ignore it. We just think we can handle it all. Joshua chapters 10 and 11 are clear reminders that our lives will be filled with battles. Most often our battles will not be physical in nature, nor will they be battles with other people. Our battles may manifest themselves as battles with people, but in reality, just as my Abbey battle, it wasn't my battle to win, and it wasn't really a physical battle. It was her spiritual battle, and I was not called to engage in it, so I stayed back. It wasn't easy, but I had support. I had strength. I had God at my side directing me to shut my mouth and let it go. And for anybody that knows me knows it's not easy for me to shut my mouth and let it go. 
But every battle we fight in our Christian life, we have to invite God in. God did not save you to stand on your own. He saved you to walk in victory with him. We cannot allow the world to drown out his still small voice. We must make every effort to converse, pray, and listen to how God is directing you. He has his own brand of peace that keeps and comforts the hearts of his children. John 14, 27. Peace I live, leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace for the follower of Christ is different from the person that's just standing out there. If you are a follower of Christ, the peace in your life is different. And the secret to walking in that peace is walking in faith, knowing that the Lord is in absolute control of your life. In other words, be strong in the Lord. So what battles are you facing today? Is it a family member? Maybe it's an ex. Maybe it's your child. Could be your boss. Maybe it's a sin in your own life. Whatever your battle, know that God is in control. God has already given you a battle plan. You might not see how it was laid out, but you must trust that God is in it and God is with you. The battle belongs to the Lord. We are but instruments in the battle. Only God can give you that peace. So we're going to have communion today. As we prepare for communion, take the time to reflect. Reflect on the fact that the ultimate battle is between good and evil. It's already been fought for us and won by the blood of Jesus Christ. The battles that we have left here are preparing us for the glory of heaven that Jesus has paid and prepared for us.